Hi, and welcome to Gospel Mission Church's message podcast. We pray that as you listen, you will be both encouraged and challenged to step into what God has in store for you. Here's this week's message from Pastor Brenton. Cool. Uh, Hey, let's get into the word this morning, and, and before that, let's pray together. Yeah, God, thank you so much for, for today, for who you are. God, you're unchanging, you're, you're amazing, you're, you're awesome, Lord. And God, you, um, you want to bring change in our lives this morning. And, and God, I really believe that, that every single person here this morning you want to speak to, you want to uh, illuminate your word to, God. And so, Holy Spirit, we just pray that you would you would have your way, God, that we would be good soil, that we would hear this word, that, it, that it, would, it would grow, God, and we'd steward what you want to speak to us this morning. God, go way beyond my words as well. We know it's only by your spirit that transformation happens, so yeah, may you be just free in this place. We just welcome you right now um, in our hearts. We just say, God, speak to me. God, you have permission to speak to me. You have permission to rearrange my life. Uh, God, we want to follow you with all we have. Amen. Right on. So we're, we're in a series uh, called Freedom Now. God wants freedom now, right? Can you say to your neighbor, freedom! I've always just watched, I've been, me and Val have been doing that as, as Claude was talking. It's just like, you gotta yell it, right? Freedom! Um, and, and today I'm going to be talking about uh, freedom from fears. And this is a massive topic. I just want to say, first of all, I felt like I could literally just... There, there'd be a hundred things to say, um, and so there's more to this topic than what I'm going to be sharing today, but I really think that God has something good uh, for us this morning. Um, and, and, and the thing about fears is it's something we all struggle with, right? We all have different fears, and, and they all look differently. Here are a couple of fears. I'm not sure if you guys are struggling with these. Uh, optopophobia is the fear of opening your eyes. It's like, ah! Okay, I'm saying, ah! what I feel right now. You're all looking at me, right? So, got optophobia. Uh, abluntophobia. I struggle with this one, the fear of cleaning. I'm not lazy. It's just all the germs, they scare me. Um, Disaskalinophobia. They make these words really long. The fear of going to school. Kids, take note. can be a phobia. Um, someone also texted me, just barely, um, hop Optomosis-equipalophobia is the fear of long words. <laughs> it's just the, the longest word in the, the English language. How ironic. One more, and I think it's a real bondage in this area, is chlorophobia, uh, the fear of dancing, right? <laughs> you ever sing a worship song and you're like, I sing because you are good. I dance because you are good. <laughs> That's us, right, Mennonites? But, <laughs> but, but we all, the fear is a, a reality. It's something we all deal with. It, it always, it, it looks different, right? You're, you might have a fear in life. My fears might be completely different. And I think there's also a thing of beauty to that. Uh, I think uh, overcoming fears, I'm not going to maybe talk about it too much, but this is a group project. Uh, if we're going to overcome fear in our life, I, I think it's something that we have to do together. We have to have a community around us. God put us in the context of community, right? And so everything that we're called to learn in Christianity is called to be learned 
in community, not just with us and God, it's a communal thing. Even in Ephesians it says, Paul says, I pray that you'd have the power with all the saints together to realize how long, how deep, how great God's love is for you, right? And sometimes we just think, oh, that's, that's me and God. That's between me and God. How I, how I realize God's love for me is between me and him. No, it's, it's a communal thing. And, and freedom from fears as well is this communal thing. And, and me and my wife were even talking the other day it's kind of really cool how there are certain things that really freak her out and cause anxiety in her, and then there's other moments where I'm the one that, that's kind of um, anxious. And it's a beautiful thing that where you can pray for each other, you can speak courage to each other. And so as we're, as we're talking today, we have to remember that if we're overcoming fear, it's in a group setting. This is a group project that, that we all have um, yeah, and God's got an amazing message. The message for us that, that's in God's word is he doesn't want fear to rule us. He doesn't want fear to control us. And so while, just like we're battling against sin, we're, we're going to continue to battle against fear until the day we die, until the day that we see God fully. Um, while, while we're going to continue to fight this battle, fear doesn't have to have a grip on us. Fear doesn't have to call the shots in our life. God wants freedom now. God wants freedom. Freedom now. <laughs> and and it, it's so amazing because the most frequent commandment actually in the Bible is fear not. Or, or take courage, fear not. Um, you, you'll read it um, in, in various forms, but actually it, it's written 365 times. Isn't that amazing? One for every day of the year. God needs you to know, fear not, fear not. Take courage, fear not, fear not. And time and time again, you look at, at Joshua, and he had this huge task of, of leading the Israelites into the promised land. Time and time again, he says this to us. Joshua 1.9, this is my command, be strong and courageous. He's commanding it. Don't be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And God needs us to really, he needs this message to sink deep down into our hearts. Because if we're going to live in fear, if we're going to be controlled by fear, we're no longer living in accordance to his will, right? Because if we're going to enter our promised land, if we're going to build God's kingdom, it's going to take overcoming fear. It's going to take a a brave life. God, God has not called you to play life safe. God's not called you just to, just to do a, a couple of good deeds, come to church, and, and then pass away. He's called you. To, he has a promised land for you. Uh, and he wants you to lead others into the promised land. He has great big plans for you because you're, you're to build his kingdom here on earth. So God wants to use us. And, and if he's going to use us to build his kingdom, it, it's going to take, it, take a, a testimony of us overcoming the voice of fear. Um, so, so how are we going to do this? How, how can we do this? Again, this is where it's just a huge, huge thing, but I'm, we're going to focus a lot on Matthew 25, just an amazing passage. This is what Jesus says. He says, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. I love that God said that. Isn't it amazing? God says that. Hey, don't worry. Don't worry about your life. What you will eat what you will drink or about your body, what you will wear, is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? I love that humor, right, that Jesus is using. Have you ever done that, anyone here? You've worried until the clock goes backwards? No, no. 
Worry doesn't get you anywhere. Have you ever heard that expression? I'm so, I'm so glad. I'm so glad I worried. Oh, I'm so, if I wouldn't have worried, oh man, I, I wouldn't have been able to plan this wedding. Oh, if I wouldn't have worried, my bills wouldn't have been paid. Oh, I'm so glad that I worried. Um, no, worry doesn't get you anywhere. This is what Jesus is saying. See how the flowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which are here today and tomorrow thrown in the fire, will he not much more clothe you? O oh, you of little faith. So do not, do not worry saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans run after all of these things, and your heavenly Father knows you need them. So he knows what you need. He knows your needs. And this is what he says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be given to you as well. What a promise, huh? What an amazing promise. Hey, don't, don't worry about life. Seek first my kingdom. All of these things will be given to you as well. And then it ends with, therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble on its own. And, and so what Jesus is saying in this passage, there's, there's a lot of things that we can pull from this. But, but he's saying, stop looking to the, wor- the world and, and for physical things for, by your means of security, comfort, and purpose, and look to my kingdom. Um, that, that, you know, isn't life more important than food? Isn't, life's not about food. Life's not about clothes. Life's not about materialistic things. We have a greater kingdom. We, we have to look above. And, and this, is where, this is where our focus needs to be. This is where we need to invest in. It's investing in, in God's kingdom. And he says the pagans, they, they run after these things. They, they make life about stuff. They make life about clothing themselves. They make life about their house. They make life about their, their perfect lawn, right? They make life about stuff, but your life is not called to be about stuff. You, you need to seek my kingdom first. This is what life is all about. This is what I, I'm calling you to do instead of worrying about stuff. And, and by the way, then he says, I know you need them. I know what you need and I'm going to take care of you, but, but, but put my kingdom first, and I really think I'd like to propose to you, it's, it's a mind-blowing thing, but, but if, if we care about this world, it's going to be hard to be free from the cares of this world, right? It's like, wow, that just kind of makes sense, right? But it's so true. If our life is wrapped up in materialistic things, if our trust is wrapped up in money, we are, our, our, our security and our purpose and our, our worries are going to be wrapped up in all of these things. And God says, life's not about this. It's about something greater. It's about something higher. And, and, and this is where we fall into this trap, right? We, we don't think about things above. We just seek things of this earth. We make our life about uh, the, the, the right, having the right job, having the, the, the right group of friends. We make our life about materialistic things and, and stuff. And it's not... We're not called to do that. We're not called to be wrapped up in this, but to invest, live a life of investing in God's kingdom. In Matthew 6, 20, 19, Jesus says, Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal. When we invest on things of earth, they're, they're all going to go away, right? But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moss and vermin they can't destroy, where thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Isn't that wild? Where your treasure is, where your investment is, 
where, where you've invested in, it's going to be where your heart is. I, I remember when I invested heavily in, in sports, and, and, the, and that's just a terrible idea, especially if you're a Leafs fan. Just don't do that. Like, it's a heartbreak. <laughs> Claude says that's right. Canadians haven't won in a while either, but. <laughs> but, but I used to be so invested in sports, and, and I would le- literally leave church early to watch the Vikings game. I would invest money and in, in tickets and going there. I would buy these expensive purple jer- jerseys. Um, and, and I was so wrapped up in it. I remember one year, the, the Vikings were on the verge of making the playoffs. And it was just like, finally, it's, it's our year. It's our time. And it was the, the last game of the regular season. If we won, we made the playoffs. If we lost, we didn't. And we were facing a bad team. It's like, we got this. We got this. The other team's driving down the field. The, the last drive, we got this. We got this. They throw a touchdown. We got this. No, we don't got this. We lose. And there I am. I'm just a young boy, and I'm just weeping. And I'm just like, what? Why? 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 <laughs> and, and that's how our lives work sometimes. We're so wrapped up. We've invested in, in, in things of this earth. We've invested all, all our, our treasure is, is here in finite things. And so we're, 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 we're tied to it. Our cares and our values and our worries are, 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 are all connected to worldly things. And, and so we have to be careful because our emotions and fears are wrapped up in what we value and believe about ourselves, our world, and God, right? And so I think many times our investments in worldly things are are fueling our fears. Our investment in things of this earth and and our efforts are all put into making our lives better here. Um, You know, maybe you trust in money. Maybe you have a value and a trust in money, and and, and money has a grip on you. Well, this is where you're going to find your security, right? And this is where you see people, they have so much, yet they just need more and more and more and more, and they're never secure. It's like, I need more for my kids. I need more for my retirement plan. I need this new car. I need this and this and this. And, and, and they're, they're worried because they're finding their value and investment in something physical, something that, that, that's fleeting and something that ultimately can't give them a peace, right? You can have all the money in the world, and it's not necessarily going to give you peace because it's, it's a... It's a finite thing, right? And, and, and so this is where Jesus even said to the rich young ruler, you know, give to the poor. And, and he says, give your money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. That doesn't just automatically mean, you know, if I give five bucks to someone, then there's, five, there's a five dollar heavenly dollar bill that pops up in heaven that I have, right? But it's saying, when you start investing in my kingdom, this is where your, your, your care and your heart is actually going to be in. You're actually going to care about the things of God. You're actually going to be wrapped up, not in, in just the things of this world. You're not going to be running after food and clothes and finite things that are going to fall away. You're going to be wrapped up with what I care about. You're going to be wrapped up about people that don't know me. You're going to be fearing the fear of God, right? You're going to have a fear of God in your heart because you're following him and you're investing in, in God's kingdom. You know, you look at the, the fear of death, something that can easily grip us. But, but Paul, the reality of heaven to Paul was so real, right? He was someone that gave, oh, he invested in God's kingdom, he invested in eternity. And, and, and it's wild to hear him talk about heaven. He's saying, God, I long to go with you. I long to be with you now. I really do. I'm so looking forward to, to dying, 
That's an attitude that we don't often have, right? It's like, I just want to hold on to my life. I do not want to die. It's like, we all want to go to heaven. None of us want to die. But a lot of it is because we've, we've built our, our, our kingdom here. And this is where our worries and cares are wrapped up. But Paul, he was wrapped up in the realities of God, in God's heavenly kingdom. And this is why he's saying, God, I want to be with you because I know this is my home. I know this is, this is where I'm called to go, but I'm going to do your will while I'm here. I'm going to serve you, God. And so the beautiful thing is that to conquer worry, we need to look beyond this kingdom. We need to look beyond this kingdom. We need to look beyond investing in, in, in physical things and finding our security and purpose on this earth and invest in God's heavenly kingdom. And, and when we do that, our, our source of hope and peace is in something secure, amen? There, there, there's, not, there's not security here in this world, right? We can, we can look to the government for, for security, you know? It's just like, oh, if they're in power, then, then it's going to be okay. No, it's never going to be okay, right? It's never, it, there's, there's always going to be stuff. There's always going to be tragedy. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. You will. You'll have tribulation, he says. And this is where his disciples had tribulation, but he also said, take heart, I've overcome the world. That we're not living. We're not living just to have a good life. We're not serving God just to have a good life. There's a, there's a higher reality. And the, 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 the struggle is, because we live in such a prosperous place, it's so easy to live a life of, of just being safe, of not trusting God, and, and just kind of having God as a side helper until we die. But life is not about stuff. And our security is not found in things of this earth. Our hope's not found in the thing of this earth. Our peace is not found in the things of this earth. Amen? This is where Jesus' amazing promise comes in. He says in John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Isn't that amazing? Jesus didn't just say, I'm going to give you peace. He said, I'm going to give you my peace. And his peace is actually himself. It's the peace of God. He says, I do not give as the world gives. So the world might offer a peace, right? The world might offer, you know, security and, and, and money and security and things, but, but those things, uh, circumstances are going to take away, right? That peace is going to be a conditional peace based on if our life is lining up. And eventually life isn't going to line up. So he says, I don't give as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. And this is where we find the other remedy to fear. The other remedy to fear is God himself. And this is where God promises. He promises that he's going to be there. He promises that when, when you look to him, it says in, in 1 Peter 5 verse 7, cast your, your anxieties on him because he cares for you. We have a God who cares for us. We have a God who's looking out after us. We have a God who will never leave us and he will never forsake us. Just think about that. God cares about you. Cast your anxiety on him because he cares for you. It doesn't matter what anxiety that is. It doesn't matter what care that is. It's not just the big stuff. It's everything. Whatever is troubling you, cast it on God, for he cares for you. And we have to make sure that we don't read that passage saying, cast your anxiety on God, he cares for you, meaning you'll get what you want, right? Um, when, when we're a kid and our dad doesn't give us a chocolate bar, we automatically think, you, you don't love me. You don't care about me. If you loved me, you'd give me time on the PlayStation, you know? 
And so this is where you have to be careful, not just to assume because God cares for us, we're going to get everything, everything we want, um, everything we're desiring, but, but we, he will care for us. And the, the ultimate way that God cares for you is he wants a relationship with you. He cares about your soul. He cares about eternity. We're wrapped up in this moment and what we want and what we need. And God is an eternal God that actually sees the, the, the whole line of, of everything, right? He, he is God and so he, he knows how to care for us. And he says in, in Matthew 6 as well, I know what you need. I know what you need. I'm going to care for you. So, so we need God if, if we're going to conquer fear in our life. In, in Philippians 4, verse 4 to 9, this is such a wild passage. We've probably heard it before. But again, Paul is, is writing this from, from jail, uh, awaiting kind of his sentence of whether he's going to live or whether he's going to die. And he says, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Look how he frames that. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. Isn't that wild? Does that make you a little anxious though? Do, like, anything? <laughs> Paul, like, don't, don't be anxious about anything. No, I'm trying not to be anxious about anything. And I'm a little anxious because I'm trying not to be anxious. And you just told me not to be anxious. And <sighs> Anything? Anything? But again, this is something that's so beyond us. It's so beyond, the answer isn't within us. The answer isn't in, in something of this world. The an- answer isn't just in thinking happy thoughts and, and trying to be like, I can do this, don't be anxious, don't be anxious. The answer is in, in God. It's beyond us. And so it says, but in every situation, in every situation, right? Not, not, not just, not just once, once a day, but, but in that moment, right in that moment, in every situation, by prayer and petition and with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So have this connection with God. Just, just reach out to Him. Cast your cares on Him. Tell, tell Him what you're going through, how you're feeling. Tell Him everything with thanksgiving. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That word transcends mean, means it rises above. It has power over. It has surpassing greatness over your understanding. Isn't that amazing? This is, this is where the answer to being free from our fears isn't within ourselves. We, we need something supernatural. We need God. We need the peace of God. We need to experience the peace of God. We need to bring our our request to God and God's peace will come and he will guard our hearts as we experience him. It's an amazing promise that, that God will give you not just a peace, not just a worldly peace, it's a supernatural peace that's even greater than what you can understand. And so you have an understanding about the situation that would cause fear. Because there's unknowns and you don't know what's coming. But God comes in with a supernatural peace. And, and it brings to you to a state of saying, okay, I'm going to be all right. And, and again, look at Paul's situation. He didn't know if he was going to live or he was going to die. But he knew he was going to be all right. Right? Because he, he, was right, he knew that if he died, that's, that's awesome. He gets to see God. And either way, he knew that God was with him. God was not going to leave him. God was right there in that jail cell. 
And, and as he presented his request to God, he knew that, oh, God's peace is here. The peace of God is here. I don't, I don't know how life's going to turn out. I don't know what life's going to throw at me. Actually, I do. Life's going to throw at me trouble. But, but my peace is from God. My peace is from another kingdom. It's not from this reality of sitting in this jail cell. It's from God himself. Awesome. And then he goes on to say, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, he's repeating this, right? This is, this, this is something that he's um, really zoning in on. Think about these things. Whatever you have learned to receive or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the peace of God will be with you. So this is where we have... We have a responsibility, right? We bring our requests to God. God God's peace um, comes in us and, and overcomes us, and, and, and we feel that peace. But then Paul is saying we have to make sure that we keep aiming our mind on the things of God, right? Keep aiming our mind on God's promises. Because um, have you ever had too much time to think? Any of you? It's just like now whenever we have those moments to think, we immediately turn to our phone, Right? And, and I remember there's like, recently I didn't have my phone on me and I was alone and, and talking to no one. It's just like, this is, this is how it feels to have time to think, right? And, and Paul had a lot of time to think. He had a lot of time to think in that jail cell, to think about wh- what's going to come of my life? How, how are my churches doing? What, what's going on? God, what are you doing? God, am I going to get out of here? God, am I going to live to see the light of day? Am I going to die here? I don't know. And so this is where Paul, he, he was fixing his thoughts on the things of God. He, 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 wasn't, he was maybe looking at his problem. He wasn't denying the situation he was in, but he was, he was fixing his, his thoughts on the things of God, on the promises of God. And, and, and this is where he had to be careful to aim his thoughts in the right direction. Not just to aim his thoughts at being overcome with the what ifs, what if this, what if that, what if this, what is that, right? This is, this is where our, our minds go sometimes. We don't discipline our minds. We, we start rolling all the worst case scenarios in our head. But, but he aimed his thoughts on, on what God wanted him to, to think about, thoughts that were good and pure. And, and, and because of this, he got God. He got the reality of God. And this is what we need. If we're going to live lives... Uh, that, that are overcoming fear. The beautiful thing is that God doesn't just tell you, hey, man up, just do it, just come on, let's have courage, go. No, God tells you, I'm with you. Every time, pretty much every time he says, fear not, I'm, it, it's tagged with, I'm here. I'm with you, I'm here, I, I'm gonna be there for you. And so the beautiful thing is that in, in times of anxiety, in times of fear, what Paul is saying and, and what we, the promise that we have is that we have to go with God, we have to connect with God, and in this place, he's going to give us faith. I don't know if you've ever heard the, the saying, don't, uh, don't tell God how big your problem is, tell your problem how big God is. It's, a, it's an okay saying, but the, 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 truthfully, the, the biggest thing that we need to realize in the, in the face of the storm, in the face of our problems, we need to realize how big God is. Our problems get big, and, and our problems get huge, and, and, and we almost lose ourselves, and, and faith becomes logical. But in, in this moment, we need to stop. We, we need to not tell the waves, waves, Jesus is big. You know, we need to lock eyes on Jesus. Just like Peter, when he was sinking, it, it, he wasn't sinking be, because uh, he was sinking because he lost the sight of God. 
He, he took his eyes off of Jesus. And when we live lives where we just lock eyes with God, we're going to be able to overcome fear. We're going to be able to walk with a supernatural peace. Again, if we're overcoming fear, it has to take something beyond us. It has to, think, it has to take something more than just thinking good thoughts or, or shouting at problems. We have to see God. We have to slow down those who wait upon the Lord. Those are the ones who rise. Those are the ones who rise up like wings, like eagles. They, they walk and they don't grow weary. They run and they don't grow faint because they've waited. They've slowed down. This is where Jesus, right before the cross, he gets in, into the garden. And, and he prays the, the same prayer three times. And he's connecting with God. He's presenting his request to God. And, and he's bringing it to God. He needed to be... He needed to be so locked in with God at that time. And it's the same in our lives. If we're going to live lives of overcoming fear, the answer isn't inside of us. The answer isn't seeing God. Because the amazing reality is that if you think about it, fear is completely illogical for us. If you're a Christian, fear is illogical. Because God's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. He cares for you. He'll make everything work um, to the, for the good towards those who love him. He's never going to leave you, never going to forsake you. Uh, and, and we have the reality that, that, that our, our hope and our joy and our love is, is in the things of the kingdom of heaven instead of on earth. So fear is illogical. The problem is that in the moments that we have fear and we experience problems, it feels very logical, right? It's like, I am supposed to be afraid. I don't care if it's illogical. I am scared. And, and this is real, even though it, I know it's not, it is real. And this is where, you know, uh, the, the other day, my, my neighbors were, were, were playing with uh, my little puppy, Rome, and, and one of them was just terrified. She was so afraid. And I'm trying to tell her, don't, don't be afraid. Like, he's never bitten anyone. He's nine pounds. Like, I can throw him as far as a football. Like, he is, <laughs> he is not terrifying at all and it didn't it nothing made a difference nothing made a difference until he licked her until he licked her and she started feeling his fur oh he's soft oh he's nice he licked you yeah he likes you and it's the same way for us we we, we can even claim promises of God over our life but until we get inside of his presence until we meet with him until we slow down and say God I'm going through this I, I need to see you right now present my requests to you, and God, I'm just going to wait on you, and I'm going to trust in you. Boom. And in that moment, when we experience God, this is where fear washes away. This is where fear loses its power. This is where we say, okay, he's with me. He's here. I, I know the fear is still real, and the voice of fear is still, still yelling at me, but I know my God's bigger. I know there's a greater reality than what I'm seeing. I know actually my, my hope and my, my, my joy and, and my, my eternity is wrapped up in the kingdom of God, not wrapped up in circumstances, not wrapped up in my life going right, not wrapped up in all of these things. It's wrapped up in the things of God. So I'm going to move forward because I've experienced his peace. Amen? And, and this is what God wants to do in our hearts. He, he, wants, to make, he, he wants to make us into courageous people. He does. Courage and boldness isn't a personality. Paul said to Timothy, he hasn't given you a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, love, and sound mind. He's given you the answer to fear. It's, it's his presence. 
And, and I really believe this is where God wants to turn us into courageous people. God has the power to do that. He really does. His spirit has the power into make, to make us people of courage, to make us people that, that step forward and trust God and, 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 and have faith to, to move in him. If you look at Moses, he started his ministry with so much fear. God was showing him the burning bush. God was showing him uh, his staff turning into a snake. God was showing him his hand with leprosy. And, and still Moses was like, no, I'm afraid. But he ended his ministry in such faith. He actually, right at the end of his ministry, it says, Then Moses spoke out these words to all of Israel. Now I'm 120 years old. I'm no longer able to lead you. It was time to retire. The Lord has said to me, You shall not cross the Jordan. The Lord himself will cross ahead of you. He will destroy these nations before you, and you will take possession of their land. Joshua also will cross ahead of you, as the Lord said. The Lord will do to them what he did to Shion, Org, the kings of the Amorites, whom, destroyed, whom he destroyed along with their land. The Lord will deliver them to you, and you must do all that I have commanded you. Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't be terrified because of them. The Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you and never forsake you. Look at Moses speaking courage into Israel before he's about to die. He started his ministry limping in with, with this fear. But, but I really believe that through, as he traveled through the Red Sea, as things got a little bumpy in the wilderness and didn't go exactly according to plan, he saw in every single instance God was there. In every single instance, God was faithful and God did not leave him once. God went ahead of him the whole way. And then the, one of the last things he does at as a leader, he summons Joshua and he said to him, the presence of everyone, all of Israel is watching. And he says to Joshua, be strong and courageous for you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors, ancestors to give them. You must divide it among them as their inheritance. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. And in my life, this is the testimony that I, I want. I, I don't know if I started as a fearful person. It, it doesn't really matter. But at the end of my life, when I'm 120 years old, and I'm on my rocking chair, and I'm talking to my grandchildren, I want to say, hey, don't be afraid. God is faithful. Don't be afraid. He's with you. He goes before you. I've seen it. I've seen it. I, I know. I, I, I've had those voices of fear come over me. I've been through struggles. But guess what? He's a faithful God. And I want to have that testimony of courage. And I want to speak that testimony of courage to the next generation so that we can walk in the things that God has for us. Amen? And I believe it's possible. So let's pray this morning. Hmm. Yeah, God, I thank you so much that, that overcoming fear is such a supernatural thing. God, it's, it's, it's not a, a thing that where the answer is even within us. The answer is, is all about you. It's about investing in something solid and eternal. It's about investing in your kingdom. It's about finding our, our source of hope and peace and, and life and joy inside of you. It, it's about experiencing you. It's about connecting with you and experiencing a peace that transcends all understanding. And God, I, I just pray 
And if any of us are are dealing with fear today, this would always be our answer. The answer wouldn't be to look within ourselves for courage. The answer would be looking to you, locking eyes with you. And as we lock eyes with you, fear loses its grip. The voice of fear starts shrinking. Our our, our problems start just becoming manageable because we see that we have an all-powerful God who's with us. We have an all-powerful God who's gone before us. We have an all-powerful God who will never fail fail us. He's always there. Thank you for joining us on the GMC Podcast. For more info about what's going on this week, check out gmchurch.ca. Thanks for listening. Have a wonderful week.